to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. Welcoming our listeners today to Five Blossom Radio. This is Denise Richard. Five Blossom Radio, uh, we work to look to creating a climate of care. Uh, supporting um, old ways of working with the earth, uh, with health. And over the past months, we've highlighted a number of sensitive talks um, supporting earth stewardship. So today, our podcast is special, The Power of Herbal Medicine in Your Life. Uh, This is uh, offering a little respect to the ancient way of health. Uh, We introduce today... Uh, Gaia Garden Herbals. What we're looking at in this episode is to support herbal remedies as a as a standard approach to your health and wellness. And as we look at this topic today, we look at the cycling of health through the seasons and how it connects us to land and uh, to this ancient way of work. Today we have Angela Shand and Michelle Todd of Gaia Garden, so sharing our, their knowledge and insights on the use of herbal and tree medicine. So welcome to both of you. Um, good to have you with us. Are you there? Yes, we're both here. Hello. Would you like to take a moment, uh, perhaps, Angela, if you want to start and just introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Hi, my name is Angela Shand. Uh, I've worked with Gaia Garden with plant medicine for over 14 years, and I, I studied in school for two years before that in Grant McEwen College in Edmonton. So I studied holistic health. I studied herbology and nutrition and flower essences. Um, I've just always felt this connection to medicine and the earth, and just through my own healing, I've just come to really help other people, and I really love it. Thank you. Thank you. And Michelle, are Hi, you there? Uh, hello. Hello, yes. Uh, I've been uh, with Gaia for about 16 years. Uh, started with Douglas College and introduced to herbal medicine. I worked with Don Olson. I studied Shiatsu, many things. But, um, yeah, I've been here for a long time. And uh, like Angela, I love herbal medicine. I love trees. And uh, I just love the way that that we are here. Oh, I'm wonderful to have you both here today. I have a, a fond memory of Gaia uh, many years ago, 20, 25 years ago when it first opened up and my relationship to uh, it being uh, such an important place uh, to gather and to you know, c- collect medicine through, uh, through the many years. Uh, and I'm very happy to have both of you here with us. Would you be okay about just sharing with our listeners a little bit about the history, maybe a very brief description of the history of Gaia Garden. Uh, sure. Uh, the business uh, started in about uh, 2003. It was uh, opened by a uh, very knowledgeable herbalist, and uh, she started it. It was quite a small space then and uh, with some herbs and some really good people. And, uh, yeah, in 25 years it's grown to be quite a big place and well-known, uh, but the beginnings were very uh, humble but knowledgeable. And mm-hmm. um, so she's very much into the, the basics of herbology, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we are. Mm-hmm. 
That's um, really, really important to have had that seed planted and to see that that many years or decades later, you're still there. It's a, it's a staple. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So I, I want to just take a, a moment and um, share with our listeners a little bit of how we're going to proceed today. So we're going to go through um, a little bit of a, uh, a sensitive walk for those who know nothing about herbology uh, or about this kind of medicine and give, it, give a little bit of a grounding so that everybody feels a little comfortable. And then in the second half, uh, we're going to look more specifically at the topic, which is, uh, you know, looking at tree medicine a little bit more. So I start by just, uh, again, I, I'm touched because it's such a, a profound topic and we don't have time to give a lot of detail. We're just touching it today, um, knowing that uh, the knowledge of this, of herbology, of herbal medicine, uh, was actually uh, oral tradition passed down uh, through word of mouth. And the knowledge was shared and supported through families and friends. And today the roots of this uh, knowledge are not perhaps as strong as it once was because we don't depend on it as much as um, we once did. But we have access to this knowledge and it links us with ancient culture and uh, it's a time when um, uh, it's very important to maybe take a moment and contemplate the fact that we have these roots and they go, go far, they go deep. Uh, what I'd like is that because it's an important time of year and the, se- the seasons have such a strong influence on our, our health our, and the consciousness and even our behavior, you might say. Um, and herbal medicine plays a big part in helping us through the movement and the change of the seasons. Uh, for those who know nothing about uh, this kind of work, this kind of medicine, I would love that we set a little groundwork, as I said, and help everyone become comfortable with uh, what we're going to talk about. So I'd like to have some fun and support our listeners in uh, with a few terms, identifying a few terms. Let's play a little bit and define, let's say, a glossary of terms. Of, so I'm going to share uh, you know, this with you and ask you, how would you define, for those who do not know uh, anything, um, define your work as a herbalist? What's, what's a herbalist? Uh, a person, a herbalist is a person who collects, study, and uses plants uh, in a medicinal manner, are as food and as medicine. A herbalist is someone who goes outside and connects to all the plants and knows how to wildcraft them and make those into medicine and store them and knows how they work on different types of body systems and intuitively, intuitively maybe when to take them during the seasons or what season is best to wildcraft each of these plants and use them specifically. Um, I love herbal medicine because it helps to heal and bring us back into, into balance and bring us back into our bodies. Mm-hmm. It's necessary to support all of, our, all of ourselves and the whole ecosystem of, our, of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you have been with uh, herbal medicine as a way of life for, uh, your, you know, as you, as you said, quite a long time. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what prompts 
what prompted you? Like, what, what's the impulse? What's the love? What's the, what's the draw that brings you to, uh, to this, med- this way of life? Can you talk a little uh, bit about them? I feel like I've always been connected to herbal medicine. I didn't know how plants would affect my body uh, when I was younger, besides just sitting with them and them giving me oxygen and breathing, and I felt calmer and more grounded around them. So as a Mm -hmm. child, I spent a lot of time in the river valley just connecting with plants, kind of spiritually and physically, just sitting with them. Um, As I got older, I started to wonder how these plants affected our bodies. And while I was a child, my parents used a lot of Western medicine with me. So as I got older and I was dealing with things like anxiety and stress, I started to wonder, are these plants I spent all this time with, can they help my body and support me? And then I started doing a lot of research and looking for more education and more schooling and just experimenting with plant medicine. And so you found yourself relating to something that was actually helping your, help you integrate into life a little better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, would you have anything to share there? Um, I was a similar child, in fact, that uh, I spent a lot of time outside <clears throat> with trees and, and rocks and always looking at leaves and, and making, you know, even making mud pies with uh, flowers from trees and just very interested in being outside. And then uh, one time I had a dog and... Um, this was in the beginning, I had some golden seal, and the dog had a cut, so I thought I'd put some golden seal on him, and, you know, within a day, it had grown over and healed, and I just thought, wow, this is powerful. Yeah, so, kind yeah, of remarkable. Yeah, I always kind of leaned. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you came to understand that plants have have properties, but have... have a little bit more than properties. Some some cultures would describe it as actually uh, a personality, uh, would describe it as even um, uh, a whole energy system or a whole consciousness that affects us, that it's very real, that it's not um, it's not just science, that it's it's a there's a there's a there's a being there, there's a diva there. And uh in my world, that's that would be how it started. Is not so much in a physical way, but just feeling the, the as you mentioned the the experience of having plants around me, and the experience of how each of the each had a property, have a way of relating to me, and how some would make me feel better, and some would make me feel a little agitated, and some you know. So you have a relationship. Do I like or do I not like? Just on basic, basic level of being a child, of being young, and how, for instance, poison ivy was really obvious to me. <laughs> you don't go close to that because it would immediately affect you, but that other plants right. had the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, let's create a little bit of a. a uh, an understanding of talked about. I heard you say wild crafting. Um, would, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the different types of herbal uh, gathering or gathering of medicine? Um, I mean, for, for medicine, so long ago. I mean, we're just starting to get into farming now with herbal medicine, but it used to be all wild crafting. Used to just hmm. going into the forest and and connecting with these plants and asking them if we can use their medicine. 
mm-hmm. and taking a little bit and taking that home and just kind of, yeah, taking from the earth what you need and drying that, make a preparation or maybe infusing it or making... Making teas, making poultices, using it on your body, um, infusing it by drinking the leaves, uh, the tree bark. A lot of tree bark was used for different purposes and... Uh, yeah, I think it was just a lot of it was experimental and intu- and intuition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then slowly it becomes standardized and right. we ha- yeah. we're, we're having to regulate it because the science behind it is, is important, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of studies now on different plant medicine and they're able to see like this, this, before it was traditional, but now we're able to study the different chemicals in each plant and see how they have affect our bodies in different ways, which is mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. And plants, it's, a, it's an amazing medicine. It is safer, but you have to respect the plant. Too much of a plant can make you sick, can make you feel a certain way. You kind of mm-hmm. really have to know the science behind it and the chemicals and how you're using it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very sensitive practice, really. So can you it tell us? That's kind of where the holistic aspect comes in, you know, body, spirit, mind. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about Gaia and the uh, herbal medicine? Since things have changed, as you just described, over the past decades to include uh, cultural integration, uh, meaning that we have uh, we live multicultural uh, standing on many levels, and and we've had to uh, incorporate because that's the need. Uh, the knowledge of other cultures. Uh, I know from our conversation that you ha- work with this. You've had to work with the change. And for our listeners, how would you describe the influence of this? So, for instance, how would you describe uh, the way of herbal medicine today? Like, or how would you just describe? If somebody said, well, "What's herbal? What's Western medicine?" What would you? What, how would you describe that in a, in a few sentences? Would you be able to do that, please? Well, Western medicine would be the basic medicine that was started probably in Britain. Um, Thomas Bartram uh, gathered knowledge there, and then he came to Canada and the U.S., and he spent a lot of time with indigenous people and learned a lot from them mm-hmm. and uh, noted you know, their findings. And, uh, and now, you know, because of science and because of you know, as you say, multicultural, uh, we have more influence now by Chinese medicine and by Ayurvedic from India and um, lots of research on mushrooms now. And um, so, yeah, it, that's how it's grown. It's just, it started basic, started on the land, and now it's become scientific in a way, but still spiritual. So if somebody wanted to... Um inquire about herbs in your shop you'd say yes we do herbal medicine we do western medicine we do a little bit of ayurvedic medicine could you describe in a few words what ayurvedic medicine would be ayurvedic medicine is is probably one of the oldest types of medicine um it's a medical system that was used in india for thousands of years and some say that maybe china was inspired by that that maybe buddhist monks that that medicine to China, um, but it looks at different body types, and it helps us to figure out what kind of herbs to use, what foods, 
exercise, breathing, meditation. So it's really understanding people and how to how to work with each person, each body type. Lovely. Lovely. And how about if uh, they want to know a little bit or what what's a, what would herbal Chinese herbal medicine? Uh, how would you define that a little bit? Well, so traditional Chinese medicine is a system uh, based on the idea of energy called qi uh, that flows along the pathways of the body called meridians. Uh, so the meridians can become blocked, uh, they can become stagnant, unbalanced, and so in China they practice um, Chinese medicine through acupuncture, uh, again, looking at the person, pulses, um, it's, it's still really about... This is quite extensive. Yeah, it's quite extensive. Yes, yes, sounds like that. But they've also a very specific herbal um, way of working. Yes. Yes, So, and and you you also just mentioned like something about mushrooms. Recently, I had a discussion with locals, uh, and there's a lot of excitement about the knowledge uh, that's being brought forward around the world of mushrooms. Um, and you mentioned that a guy you help with this. Can you tell us about the different mushrooms or properties of mushrooms or anything you could like to share there? Yeah, we work with quite a few mushrooms, and mushrooms are becoming more and more popular. I feel like mushrooms integrate into their own environment and help to detoxify and support their own environment and support the plants in that environment. And I feel like they do the same in our bodies. They integrate they heat us up, they cool us, they help to detoxify our organs, support our immune system. They're very supportive. I really like Reishi. I like to call her the mother of all mushrooms. But she really supports the heart, the nervous system. She supports stress and supports the liver and the kidneys. There's so many beautiful properties. And Chega, which I like to call the father of all mushrooms, um, it's much more detoxifying. I have a much more detoxifying effect on the kidneys and the liver. When I take it, it's very anti-inflammatory. Um, it's for the gut, but also for great for allergies because it's an amazing antihistamine as well. Uh, another mushroom we use a lot, and that's becoming very popular, is lion's mane. It grows, all of these grow in, in BC and in other areas close to us, um, but lion's mane They've been doing studies for Alzheimer's and dementia. It actually safely gets blood and oxygen to the brain and helps to recreate and rebuild neural pathways in the brain. It helps with wow. stress. It helps with anxiety, depression. So you're right. There's a lot of knowledge there. And I, I, I commend anybody who, who attempts this because the practice of herbalism sounds like it's an art that uh, it takes a great deal of knowledge and sensitivity. Um, can you share your story of how the herbal craft supports your li- supported your life? Uh, you know, you mentioned a little bit about when you're, you know, how you got there, but do you have any, you know, super great stories for us or that would interest our listeners today about uh, how, how powerful this has been for you? About how powerful it's been for me? Um, mm-hmm. Just in my own, my own body. I mean, it's just brought it's just brought me back to my own body and my mind. I've dealt with a lot of stress and anxiety my whole life, and herbal medicine has just helped me to focus and concentrate again. It's helped me to feel grounded and just connected. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a long time, when I was younger. I had a hard time finding connection. 
Mm -hmm. I did find it, that connection, I'm able to connect with plants and with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it brings you back to your body, back to the earth. Mm. Anything you'd like to add to that, Michelle? Yeah, I mean, herbal medicine is a science, and uh, <clears throat> but it also can be very simple. It can be a matter of drinking one herb as a tea, and suddenly you feel relaxed. You don't feel stressed out anymore, or you're lacking energy, so you'll just take a little tea or a tincture, and you feel it immediately almost. And long term, you know, you can, you can change your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, could, I can attest to that, too. I could say that there's certain, like, there's one little um, herb that I like to wildcraft, and if I have that in my medicine chest, I just have one cup, and it's random. It's not daily, necessarily. Sometimes it's more regularly, but everything changes. It's like it just puts me right back. It's like a, a reset button. And exactly. it's 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 a very very powerful thing to find food herbs as medicine that help regulate your life and keep you keep you in contact with yourself. So we we only have a few more minutes here. Um, I'd like to go through. Um, let's give a, a few a little bit more information for our our new listeners, people who have no knowledge, those who have no knowledge. I've heard you use terms uh, in our discussion. Let's see if we can uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, what's uh, what's an infusion? What would be? Uh, how would you define some of the terms like infusion? Or you talked about a formula. Uh, how would you how would you define these? Uh, so an infusion is to take a plant, and that can be an infusion in water. And usually, when you infuse, you're just you're boiling water and pouring it over the plant. You don't want to boil that plant because it's very sensitive. With an infusion, you're using, using a leaf or a flower. Uh, you could steep it for anywhere from 20 minutes to infuse that. Some people, like myself, and in Chinese medicine, I know they like to infuse things a lot longer. Um, and I just find more properties, more potency can come out of that plant, and even more like minerals. I just feel like you get more of the life of the plant the longer you mm-hmm. infuse it. So you can also infuse herbs in a carrier oil as well, and you can use that topically on your body. Nice, thank you. So, so infusion is a bit like making a cup of tea uh, for those who know absolutely nothing, but doing it in a particular way, maybe steeping it longer so that the properties of the of the herb are are protected and uh, can extend into the in, deeper into the plant. Am I? Are you there? Hello. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I, I'm just repeating what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and 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 for those who know nothing, uh, what, what? How would you define a decoction? So decoction is again taking the herb, but generally decoction is for a root or bark, um, just because you need to simmer it to get more of the um, deeper medicine, so it's not so delicate as a leaf. So for root or bark, you can boil it, uh, or simmer it, I should say, bring it to a boil, simmer it for 20 minutes or longer to make a tea, or you can make a syrup by boiling it down, and then you can mix it with honey or molasses to make it more palatable, or, uh, so it's just, it's just, it'll last longer. Yeah. So these are two of the most basic ways of approaching herbology, really? yeah. would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the most common, most usual. So uh, for our listeners, because we're going to take a break in a moment, if you can tell us a little bit about what's going on at Gaia these days, if there's any promotion or anything you'd like to know, share with us or direct our listeners to today. Uh, Gaia, we, we have different promotions all the time. You can ac- actually check our website, but we're just, we're constantly here and we're sharing knowledgeable uh, knowledge about all these plant-based medicines. Um, we're here to create a community with peace and harmony and good health, and we're just here to share as much as we can and support people in their health. Um, well, we thank have- you. Thank you, thank you, um, thank I'm you. I'm just going to say one thing that a really good way to connect for first-time people is to go on a herb walk, and Angela does uh, three or four herb walks a year, and that's a wonderful way of learning about herbs and wild crafting. Oh, that sounds really easy, and that sounds like experiential, hands-on stuff. Five Blossom Gatherings also has a treat of similar for where we're offering a, a series, a webinar series on earth stewardship, so it's another way. It's not as tactile is what you're talking about but it's also a course where those who want to do reconnection or find a way of care um, and reconnect with the earth uh, on this webinar there's going to be beautiful photography stories discourse and in a way of inquiry that'll help us grow and link together um, i'm offering that through five blossom gatherings you can see it on the website or fires of compassion you can find it there also so, uh, because we're that close to uh, taking a breath here, um, I'd like to uh, encar- encourage our listeners to stay on here. We're going to go into back into um, looking at tree medicine after our break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5BlossomGatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. 
So welcoming you back, uh, Denise Richard is speaking today with Angela Shand and Michelle Todd of Gaia Garden. So we're talking about herbal medicine, and it's just a very you know gentle uh, introduction. But we're now going to take it to uh, talking about the seasons a little bit and how uh, the change in seasons, the power of the earth moves us. And uh, we have to learn. We have to learn how to work with the changes as they reflect in our bodies. And each season is very powerful. And it teaches us how to, how to claim ourselves, but also claim in this context, the claim the knowledge of uh, what medicine, what food can we eat or can we take in that will help us maintain our health and, you know, stability. So I think in terms of cycles, and I look, uh, because my work with um, Five Blossom Gathering engages a lot of the knowledge of working through cycles uh, in season, but also in energetic medicine. So the importance of a cycle, we see that the cycle um, has a reason to exist, and it reflects the energetic movement of the earth. So here we look at how uh, this is important for those who want to know how to use knowledge, the knowledge of herbology or the knowledge of energy medicine or the knowledge of to pro- uh, knowledge to protect the body and support the health in all ways. So if herbal medicine is done properly, uh, it's good for everybody and it teaches reconnection, it teaches health management. And so here we're going to look to understand how the practice uh, is truly that which will help us at this time of change. We're we're so we're so in need and here's here's medicine that can help us. So each season is important and each season engages us to know how to look at the issue of earth medicine. So I'm turning it over to you, uh, Angela and Michelle, uh, as we look at earth and uh, as medicine um, that we need to heal with. So if you want to open it up, uh, looking at a story um, of how um, the seasons reflect and how, um, how, how would you take this? How would you help our listeners today? Um, I would just go into looking at every season. And um, if you're aware and you kind of, you're aware of what's happening in that season, what's happening to earth, like this spring, when all these plants come back up, they're so full of minerals, and they help to nourish everything, and they help to nourish the earth and bring it back to life after being dormant and stagnant all winter. Um, when these herbs come up, they, they feed us with all these minerals, and they nourish our bodies. Um, they also tend to get everything moving, like the plant's blood is, starts to move again in the spring, but it's moving our blood and our lymph and our liver and our kidneys. You look at things that start early in the spring, uh, an example would be like nettle or cleavers or plantain or dandelion, and these all are just moving that stagnation and bringing us back to life. Thank you. So, then, the, sorry, yes, keep going. So, so you're highlighting, uh, go ahead, Michelle. I, 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 I was wondering if she was done or not. Keep going, please. Uh, I was just going to go into summer. Uh, so summer then, uh, we're looking for plants that are cooling uh, to protect against the heat and uh, what the plants do for the earth, what they do for us is they support fluid in the body by keeping our tissues moist 
so plants cool a heat that can be causing any red, inflamed skin conditions. Uh, they cool, they cleanse the liver, and uh, so in summer you want cooling things. And fall. I'll just go into the fall. Yeah, fall is a, the transition for ourselves and for our bodies. Our bodies just follow the weather as well, and in the spring, when things heat up, our bodies naturally detoxify, but in the fall, as the weather changes, they'll start to detoxify again to help us prepare for the winter and that stagnation again. So mm-hmm. it's good to, to support that transition with herbs that help to detox our tissues and liver that tend to ho- help us hold on to a little more weight in the winter and balance our blood sugar, give us fiber. So a lot of these plants are actually, they're going back into the earth and their roots so they're bringing us back into their body and they're grounding us. Mm-hmm. So the winter is about storing and roots, warm spices, um, about storing. It's about storing and we need more pungent and warming herbs uh, to keep our digestive fire warm and our kidneys warm. So things like ginger and uh, dandelion root uh, mm-hmm. just kind of helps keep us grounded when we can't always have our feet on the ground because the snow's there or it's just wet, it's just not accessible. So roots and berries tend to balance our immune system and our hormones because we mm-hmm. have less contact with the ground. So mm-hmm. then we have to take what's stored in the root of the plant. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're highlighting here that we're coming into the, the cold season and these are some of the challenges that the body faces. Well, commonly all of us face, some of us are better at you know, managing the change than others and these, these are some of the concerns. Um, how, do you, uh, how would you like to help our listeners uh, with, with that a little bit more since this is, this is the time? Um, what would you support in uh, helping with the contact when the weather is getting difficult? What would you add there? Uh, To contact? um, I mean, yeah, for winter for me, it's it's just finding that warmth inside and those warm herbs and those grounded herbs and those oils that maybe keep us connected to the plants as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And just finding things, yeah, all winter to warm us just learning about plant medicine is beautiful. It's beautiful to read about plant medicine all winter and just really start to integrate everything that you've learned and everything you've read. Wouldn't it also be when you're talking, you talked earlier about uh, how Gaia offers these little, um, you know, walks and, and, and supports the connection. Um, the trees, though the medicine is strong, uh, it's it's strong all all the time. It's it's that it's different at different stages, like any plant. So in the winter, the energy goes into the roots of the tree. Uh, but you you mentioned to me when we were talking about the idea of bringing you know, tree medicine forward that even in the winter we can go into the woods and connect with the trees, and even that has a great deal of effect on us. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, in a way, I, I love going into the forest in the winter when the trees don't have any leaves because you see their basic outline and you just feel their strength and um, you can take their bark a little bit if you want. I just kind of like to take pictures of them and disconnect even by hugging them. Um, a lot of people go into the forest and just like 
sit in the forest, and it's like having a forest bath. Uh, so a that's one way bath. of uh, so connect with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can harvest some medicine in the winter as well. Um, the trees they they help us to breathe. So going in there and harvesting these um, these plant trees in the winter, um, they help to open up our lungs and help us to breathe and just bring us back to that connection. And we could harvest them and we could make a tea out of them, or we could do an infusion with honey, or make a syrup, or yeah. Just constantly have that forest within us. And, and that forest, even though the trees are going a bit stagnant, they will keep us things moving. They will keep things moving in our bodies and kind of keep us alive. Well, the the, the, the trees are so much uh, larger than we are. The energy field around a tree, regardless of what time of the year you're at, it's at, they're, they're going to have a strong influence on our energy system anyway. So just being amongst the trees creates a grounding for us, uh, supports and connection. I have practices that are thousands of years old and, and one is called hugging the tree. I mean, tree huggers know that. <laughs> you know, there are people who say I'm a tree hugger. So it's, exactly. it's, it's just the contact there is a way of medicine, right? It's a way of old. It's an indigenous way of, of, of approach of, of, you know, it's a basic, basic way of connection. What I'd like to do is we're going to be talking about tree medicine here, and we're going to go through a little bit more detail about the importance of it. Uh, before we get into that big medicine, I'd like you to take a moment, and uh, you mentioned that there was one herb that you really felt was important for us to talk about, um, and that it in- engages a number for a number of reasons, and that that is a a common weed, actually, <laughs> but that's also a very common herb. And I thought, let's open that up a bit. And if you can um, tell us a little bit about why, uh, why did you feel like I have to talk about dandelion? Yeah, I mean, I love talking about dandelion because it's it's um, it's a plant that everyone I think knows. It's a medicine that ever. Not, not a medicine ever knows, but everyone's connected with dandelions sometime in their life. As a child, they would pop the heads off dandelions, or they would, <laughs> or people would want to pick them out of their yards because they see them as invasive, but it's, it's always somehow connected people to plants. It's always been around us, and everyone recognizes it. Yeah, I, like I see some, some cultures don't want them, and other cultures, here, I'll go pick your dandelions for you because we use it yeah, as medicine. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I look at dandelion, and I see how it changes throughout all the seasons and how it kind of brings us back to that connection and how that dandelion changes and offers us things, that that's what we need for each season. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. The, early in the spring, the dandelion leaf tends to come up, and that brings a lot of minerals, and that will gently cleanse us. Uh, mm-hmm. Our kidneys and our bladder, and and then it kind of moves down the stem, like harvesting a little bit later in the spring or early in the summer. If you take the stem of the dandelion, you can actually eat that stem um, for like ten days to just give an amazing liver and gallbladder detox. Wow. Uh, and as it as it gets warmer in the summer, that's going to gently keep kind of cleansing our liver, but also cooling us down and and easing any inflammation that could be in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And in the summer, you can kind of get into using that flour and infusing that flour and drinking that flour tea or making food out of it as well. Mm-hmm. We're using all the different plants. Um, and in the winter and mm-hmm. the fall, it kind of goes back into 
storage mode, its roots kind of help us, they store insulin and fiber, so that kind of balances our fiber and blood sugar and keeps us grounded all winter. Mm-hmm. It's quite remarkable that uh, as you're speaking, I can, I, I reflect on, on how, uh, how insignificant that plant can be and how significant that plan could be, uh, that, again, it depends on who's looking at it and, and, and how it's being looked at. And I'm appreciating that you can bring something up that, you know, we walk by almost every day in some way. We, you know, they're everywhere. It's easy. It's common. But it brings so much power to our lives, and it, uh, and it has a great service to, to, to us. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about uh, dandelion? I just think it's interesting that one of the theories of my teacher was in a shamanistic way that a plant that appears abundantly is a plant that the earth needs. And I just Mm -hmm. find it interesting that you see dandelions everywhere and people try and get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And yet they're the most powerful medicine, one of the most powerful medicines we have and Mm -hmm. gentle too. Yeah. So I just, that's interesting about dandelion. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been used. It's been used forever. I mean, you know, leaves mm-hmm. used in salad, and I mean, it's 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 very basic, very basic food. So, with that, as we're approaching the big topic again of working with the trees, um, I, I I'm used at the emotion that comes up through me with with the talking of plants because as a child I would play with dandelion you know, offer a little bouquet and you know watch and and play with blowing on the on the on the dried stems and watching the you know the little seeds flutter away and and the beauty and the power of it but it's also it's contact it's 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 genuine contact with earth that's that brings something very special and uh, I in, in our discussion we talked about how uh, there's certain ways of working with with herbs that touch on the emotionality or the emotional or spiritual aspects of our being. And you talked about aromatherapy being one of those very special places that herbs, you know, affect us. Would you like to tell us a little bit about uh, aromatherapy? And as we're moving into winter time, uh, what would you? How would you um, speak to that and help our listeners today? Uh, just to give kind of an overview, like aromatherapy is, it's, it's also a plant-based medicine, but it's taking large amounts of these plants and it's steaming it and it's kind of making an extraction. They're separating the oil and the water and that oil is, is a pure plant extraction that we use for aromatherapy. And just smelling an essential oil can have a direct, a direct link to the limbic system and it can instantly change the emotion or influence the memory that we may have had from the past. So these smells, they, they can instantly calm us. They can help with anxiety and nervousness. They can instantly uplift us and kind of give us energy. I really love citruses during the winter because they tend to uplift and help to balance the mood when we're maybe feeling a little bit down or a little bit sad. Um, these, and florals are beautiful. Things like rose and lavender, they tend to like calm our nerves and help with sleep. Maybe that's a challenging thing during the winter. And then the smell of these trees kind of help to uplift us and ground us and kind of help to open us, open our lungs and help us breathe. And then mm-hmm. there's been like cinnamon. Cinnamon is so grounding and it just, it just tends to warm our heart when we smell it. But just 
smelling it is such a creates such a change in your mind and body and spirit, but also putting an essential oil on the body. But they're so powerful that if you put them on your body, you need to dilute them in a carrier oil or a cream or some sort of base. And then, I mean, 1% actually will go into your bloodstream and can have an effect on your body systems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the smell and the potency of the oil. I'm thanking you because we're going to talk a little bit now about... Um, uh, spirituality and and trees here in this time of change because we're, we're very concerned for the trees and as you explain the smell of a of a tree is is just as subtle but very much part of this of this work today uh, and as the trees are needing our care because we do know that we there's significant um, signs of, of change with the trees and difficulties with them. And um, spiritually speaking, trees open us, uh, open the way for a lot of energy, as I mentioned. And they're also pillars. They're pillars of power, pillars of connection to something much bigger than us. If we see the medicine that we're talking about as important, then we'll be very cautious in how uh, in, or more cautious, perhaps, in how we approach the change and how we choose to make the change. So that if medicine isn't taken into account um, in these circumstances, uh, it, it becomes uh, even more important for us to, to gather the understanding or to bring to the understanding that um, trees provide not only, you know, wood, and all of the other properties, but it also provides medicine for us. So it's more common to know that below the earth, um, there's a network of roots that interchange information and biology. And as we look at the herbal medicine and take a moment and, and honor this knowledge, the, the bigness, the power, the smell, the potential healing and service the trees bring to us, uh, and the knowledge uh, that they actually open our hearts. So in the next few minutes, I'd like you just to talk a little bit about, maybe choose one or two trees that you would like to um, highlight in this, in this, uh, at this time. Okay, so one of the trees that I think is very important in our lives here on the West Coast is cedar. Uh, it's kind of a masculine tree in, in the way that it's, more yang, and it, it helps ground us. It was also, you know, cedar was, uh, cedar leaves were burned by indigenous people for spirit medicine. It's a very masculine and powerful, and so you shouldn't really use it internally for a long time. Uh, but it, I think it's important today because, because we're not getting as much rain as we used to, and I think the cedars are suffering. So this is where climate change comes in and things like that, but it's so powerful. It kills fungus and parasites topically and clears the lungs and sinuses. You can also steam it for the sinuses. And Beautiful. I think, you know, such a big one. So what would be, cons- what, 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 what tree would you consider a feminine tree that you'd like to highlight? I really like hemlock. It's such a feminine tree. The leaves are so soft. And if you look at the top of the tree, it tends to be soft and kind of, kind of bend and fold over. But nice. this tree was by indigenous women as a menstruation hut. Um, 
It's very yin. It brings kind of more feminine energy and creativity. helps to balance that yang, which is very masculine. Um, mm-hmm. It can be used topically and internally for cramping and pain of the uterus and the breast. It kind of helps to cool and heal inflamed skin conditions and inflammation in the lungs. And it tends to give us vitamin C when we need it. Those tips, you can actually taste the sourness of vitamin C. And that's usually mm. abundant in the spring and in the winter when we need it the most. And in those times, we can make a tea out of it, an infusion, or we could soak it in honey and eat that honey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've witnessed the use of uh, cedar, of course, because it's commonly used uh, in a number of ways uh, for cleansing and for protection uh, in the indigenous way. I'm not so familiar with hemlock because um, even though I, 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 I know of what you're saying, can you describe a little bit, what's, how, what does a hemlock look like? Um. You know, it's obviously an evergreen. Uh, the top of the hemlock kind of bends over. At the very, very top, it gets thin, and it, it has like a little bend in the top. Oh, um, so it, ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So like, a, like, a little, yeah you, like a little cap, like a little... Uh, it's very soft tree compared mm-hmm. to the others, you know, compared to a cedar or a pine. It's, the needles are softer. Yeah, the needles are, very, are short, and they're softer. And nice. they're, it's very light green as well. Yes, yes. But you'll notice not- it by the, on the top. So you've chosen two decidu- uh, two two trees that are evergreen. Is there a deciduous tree that you'd like to honor before we go move on? One of the first trees that I was introduced to was uh, cottonwood, and uh, cottonwood is one of the main bee trees. Uh, the bees gather uh, the propolis, and propolis is an incredible healing medicine for everyone. And even especially for the bees, they take it back to the hive. They use it to protect their hives, to to heal, and same as we do here. Um, do you have anything more to say about this? Yeah. It's a but wonderful it's, smell. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing smell. Usually it's something that you would harvest early. It's the, one of the first smells you smell early in That's the spring. Right. That's and right. It's of, intoxicating. Exactly. It is fantastic, <laughs> and it sticks to everyone's cars because they're very scared. <laughs> we're we're going to have to close off here, so I'd love for you to just once more just share with our listeners about Gaia and uh, your any promotion you'd like to bring forward, anything you'd like to invite people to. Um, so we have uh, a really good website. We have a lot of information on our website, everything that we carry. Well, not everything, but most things that we carry uh, there's a lot of information about our practitioners, um, about our mission statement. Um, we also have a Facebook page and we have Instagram, so there's lots of ways to connect with us to see what we have. But, you know, it's also really great to come down here and see what we have. It's pretty amazing. Yes, I would uh, agree. Walking into the <laughs> store a month ago, uh, that's what gave me the idea of saying hello and going, wow, it's it's always a really nice feeling to to walk into a store and go, that just feels good here. Feels I'm thanking good you. Really you don't know why. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just the way it is. Just the way it is. So I'm thanking you. Five Blossom uh, Gatherings uh, has a special treat for you today uh, where we're offering a webinar series on Earth Stewardship. And uh, I think it complements nicely what we're talking about where this eight-week online course uh, helps with reconnection. It's a way of care. And it helps. Uh, it just helps engage Though uh, it helps engage with Earth when we live in an urban environment and we can't get out. Um, in other words, not everybody has the facility to be able to go walk into the woods or to be able to make that contact personally in the way that we'd like. This kind of workshop helps the reconnection on a more uh, more subtle level, but it also engages through photography, through stories, through discourse and inquiry. Uh, and uh, it helps us just care a little bit more for what is actually feeding us the good earth. So we also offer a flying crane workshop that's coming up, and that's going to be a freebie also, and you can connect with that through Eventbrite, and that's a really, it's an ancient practice, very sensitive, very fun to connect into, unusual and playful. So I am uh, really grateful for your time to get today. Um, and I'm asking uh, our listeners to please, um, you know, check in, go, go, uh, take a visit, visit Gaia Gardens on uh, at the website or in their um, apothecary. And I'm thanking you, Angela. I'm thanking you, Michelle, for your time today. And uh, yes, yeah, great talking to you. Absolutely, Thank wonderful. You. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.